A feeling of complete desolation pervades this song through long, meandering horizontal lines and sinewy counterpoint. A dim, shaded atmosphere hangs over the song like a cloak hiding profound grief. Emphasis on sighing appoggiaturas, falling minor and major seconds, rising chromatic elements in the melodic line, dour wind instrumentation, a repeated death knell on the glockenspiel, and a virtually monotonal vocal line that never rises above mid-range, all contribute to the song's doleful character. The absence of any fortes in the vocal part indicates a conscious intent to restrain the emotions. The sole climax appears in the full orchestra when the voice is silent. The first song opens with a winding musical line, a plaintive tune played by an oboe against a counter-melody on a horn. It gives the impression of a benumbed, dreamlike state. This long-lined, harmonically unstable and predominantly scalar melody anticipates the Rickard song Ich bin der Welt abanden gekommen, especially the similarly bittersweet strains of that song's introductory measures. A rising whole step introduces both the opening theme and the vocal line, which falls in opposition to the rising oboe theme. After an answering phrase on the oboe that now descends, the singer haltingly tells of her misfortune to words of pitiful irony. Chromatic elements appear in the vocal and instrumental lines in an undulating rhythm, further destabilizing the tonality. A cadential phrase on the words die Nachtgeschehen becomes a thematic motivic element that reappears in many of Mahler's symphonies written after Kintetotenlieder. follows in solo horn as a sorrow-stricken response to the bitter irony of the words als sei kein Unglück die Nachtgeschehen. Rife with seconds, both major and minor, the motives of woe and farewell, this horn theme seems to plead for compassion as it rises upward, only to fall as if resigned to the tragic fate that has befallen, only to then ascend again this time more circumspect, as if questioning fate. Lost in a trance-like state, the theme ends without closure, hanging on the dominant, as the soft, fateful sound of a death knell on the bell and harp bring us back to reality. The repeated bell strokes also create a sense of endless time that pervades grief-filled moments that must be borne alone and in silence.
Now the opening A section returns with slight variations in the melodic line and revised instrumentation. The oboe plaint with which the song began is played without its first bar, but still accompanied by a counter theme in the first horn. Mahler places numerous appoggiaturas, falling seconds, in the vocal line to convey the singer's sorrow. A clarinet now provides a contrapuntal line to the continuation of the oboe theme, while violas and cellos in their high register follow the outline of the voice for the second line of the stanza. Pale coloration connotes an enormous effort at self-restraint against the urge to give vent to the terrible pain of such a tragic loss. A variation of the horn's answering call heard earlier closes the section. It contains a rocking figure that imitates a phrase heard a few bars before in the voice. The end of this second stanza is telescoped into the B section, the oboe's original theme beginning as the horn's solo falls off on a rocking figure, connoting the motive of childhood innocence. Once again, rising and falling seconds answer each other, with horns playing the same melody as previously sung to the first line of the poem. As the oboe continues its lament, the singer enters in contrary motion with a twice-repeated phrase, an ascending stepwise figure, followed by a dotted rhythmic cell on a rising second. This phrase relates to the Rickert song, Um Mitternacht, and is reminiscent of the tragic theme from the first movement of Tchaikovsky's Manfred Symphony. Here is the prominent phrase from the Manfred Symphony, which Mahler conducted. The vocal line continues with a variation on the same music to which the second line of the second stanza was sung. An arch-like phrase gives the music a haloed glow when sung to the words in Evkelicht. Violins accompany these words with a melismatic treatment of the horn theme that closed each of the previous stanzas. Notice the frequency of turn figures, hinting at the motive of peace, that conclude with a falling minor second, the motive of woe. Suddenly, the tempo becomes more agitated. 
Although the singer remains silent, the orchestra expresses her inner emotions with greater intensity than she is willing to expose. During this rather restrained expression of passion, strings expand upon the figuration used to introduce it. In doing so, they add to the repeated turn figure, a swaying eighth-note figure, first heard in the voice, that serves as a recurring motive in later Mahler symphonies, particularly in the fifth and sixth. Each repetition of this figure lurches forward into and out of leaping thrusts, evoking the image of the dead child's mother in her rocking chair, desperately trying to control the immensity of her grief. As the oboe's opening theme reappears, forcefully at first and then gradually diminishing, two flutes pick up the string's eighth-note figuration, refashioning it into the double-note couplets of the motive of childlike innocence that also appears in Mahler's middle-period symphonies. Gradually, the tempo eases up for the final stanza. The string figuration that ends the impassioned B section is played simultaneously with the oboe melody from the beginning of the song, which returns here to introduce the final stanza with the reprise of the A section, another example of Mahler's telescoping technique. Another variation of the melody to which the opening line is sung is used for this stanza's first line. Immediately after that first line, instead of at the end of the stanza, the horn's response is briefer and more syncopated than before. Strings play that part of the theme previously given to the voice on the second line of the first stanza, while the singer softly sings a version of the cadential phrase with which she ended the first two verses, tinged with chromaticism. Mahler directs that she sing this passage as if deeply upset, Cellos in their high register now have the horn's response played over slowly ascending quarter notes in the violins. The singer picks up the end of the cello phrase as she repeats the last line, turning the phrase upward and ending on an F natural that seems to hold the tonic key in suspense as the bell sounds a death knell, softly and mournfully resonating with a profound sense of tragic irony wrought from the final lines of the text. 